Good evening, my boys. It is Tuesday, October 23rd, a.k.a. yours truly's birthday. Yes, I am 63 years young this wonderful day, and I plan on spending my birthday after such a long hiatus from the, the podcast. Two weeks, I'm back. But I plan on spending my birthday, my return today, in the park, sitting on a bench, feeding the birds, listening to libertarian podcasts from Dave Smith, and mourning those who have been close to me over the years, who I have lost. And so, today for you, what I want to grant you with, the listener, the humble listener, is the second part of the Venom podcast from last week, but this is me talking to Hans about the film and going over all of the components that made this Venom film what it is. And so we are going to pick up that conversation right here and now for your very ears. But before we get to that, I need to make an announcement here, and that is that this podcast officially, for the time being, I expect this sponsor to drop out after a little while. We have a sponsor in audible.com. Audible, which is the number one resource for finding fantastic audiobooks. Me, I can't read. So I, I rely on Audible to get all my information. I, just, I, I cannot sit down and concentrate and read a book anymore. The internet has spoiled my brain. And so I rely on Audible to uh, download. I don't know why I said Audible so funny. I rely on Audible to take in all kinds of different books, fiction, nonfiction, uh, there's quite the variety there. So if you want to go to audible.com, excuse me, I fucked that up already, audibletrial.com slash lowres, and you sign up for a free trial, you will get a free audiobook. Maybe two. Maybe two. There's ways to scam Audible. I'll tell you that right now. Jeff Bezos, he doesn't need any more money. I'll give you all the inside tips and tricks. Just send me a DM on Twitter, lowreswb. All right, we're going to get to the show today. Again, we're talking about Venom. I have Hans Lombarboza on, the substitute co-host from last week. Next week, I am planning on doing a podcast with Jake on the new Halloween movie directed by David Gordon Green. So that should be fantastic. In the meantime, this is Movies. This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. I am Lores, back after a two-week hiatus. And with me tonight, we have... The co- well, the host, really, of the last episode about Venom. We're doing part two tonight. We have Hans. How are you doing? Hi, pretty good. Pretty good. I was, uh, I was actually going through the comments on the, on the videos. I want to talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, people really didn't like your takes on that episode. <laughs> that, you know, yeah. there were some upset people. And I tried, I, you know, I came to your defense a little bit. I said that Venom was perhaps and you know not to uh you know spoil my opinion of the movie as we get into it venom is the type of comic book movie that other comic book <laughs> films should aspire to be and somebody said if you really think that then i'm done talking to you so. <laughs> yeah. they're so passionate about this this shit is funny that's mm. that's my favorite type of nerd when they're not even angry like they're not a fuck you know they're just like i'm, I'm disappointed in you because you don't believe in the origin of this character yeah, you know, just write this long paragraph using big words about how how much they love this made up jelly char- jelly character. Like, yeah, it's funny. What was ultimately your takeaway from Venom? Uh, for those who maybe didn't tune in last mm. week, what did you really get into? Because I know that you criticized some of the people's uh, reviews that were 
skewing negative toward yeah. Venom. I, I thought it was fun. I thought it was just uh, mindless comic book ridiculous fun. Uh, like I didn't even know that it was two hours until I looked at the you know the, the specs or whatever you call it, and uh, because it doesn't feel like it's two hours, it just goes by really quickly. Now I wasn't expecting anything deep from the story or anything deep from the characters, mm-hmm. so I just got exactly what I wanted. Especially with the PG thirteen thirteen thing, like I knew that it was not going to be as violent as most people want to want it to be, but. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was just... It, it took me back to uh, pre-MCU, kind of like Tom, Sam Raimi Spider-Man, where it's just, you know, silly and not to be taken seriously. So I guess it was just refreshing. Yeah. To me, it did feel like a, a kind of a mashup between those two Spider-Man franchises that came before the MCU version, which hmm. I'm not particularly a fan of just because right. it's so dependent on everything else. Like... You watch Spider-Man: Homecoming, and it might as well just be an Iron Man spinoff. Because I mean, well, that is really what it is. Yeah. A good portion of that is just centered around well, you know, you had to have seen the last what was it, Captain America: Civil War. You know, you have to see that in order to get certain aspects of it, as opposed to being its own movie, which I find yeah. very, very uh, criminally lame, personally. But that's what they've been doing with the latest. Uh... Marvel ones, right? I think they and do that's that why they're Ant-Man. shit. They're unwatchable movies. Nobody's yeah. really going to see Ant Man because they enjoy Ant Man. They're thinking like, oh well, maybe this will inform me somehow about the next Captain America movie. You know? Yeah, I want to go see the post credit scene. Nobody cares about Ant Man. I don't. I don't understand why they keep going with this. Reference. I think Peyton Reed should be killed. Personally, <laughs> what else has he done? Uh, Did he do like Jim Carrey comedies, but not the old and good ones? He did uh, Yes Man. Penguins? No, 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 not Mr. <laughs> Popper's Penguins. That, I, I don't think the director of that movie has gotten any work since then. Uh, yeah, Peyton Reed does not really have an illustrious career. But uh, these Ant-Man movies have really been working out for him. I know Ant-Man and the Wasp did apparently fairly well at the box office. I have no interest. Like, even... To follow, because that's pretty much what I've been doing with those Marvel movies, which is what you just said, uh, watching them just to see what's next. Like, it's not even that I'm interested in the movie. I just wanted to see, like, how they're going to play the next, what, phase, I guess. So that's why, I guess Mm -hmm. that's why most people watch uh, them. But I didn't even like uh, Infinity War, so I'm kind of sick of those movies already and this one just felt different so that's why i guess that's one of the main reasons why i enjoyed it well when i went to go see infinity war it occurred to me that i'm no longer the desired consumer for these movies you know it's absolutely dependent on little kid opinion the thing the thing that really i don't you know it doesn't baffle me but it deeply bugs me is how critics continue to fawn over these movies for literally staying within the lines every single time Mm -hmm. And they know that all these heroes from Infinity War who, you know, got obliterated by Thanos are going to come back. But they're like, you know, it was so emotional when Spider-Man died. Oh, my God, I died. cried so much when Nick Fury died. It was deeply upsetting to me. No, wait, Nick Fury didn't no. die. Yeah, no, he's he's dead. It was in the post credit sequence, remember? Was it him or was it the girl that was with him? It was yeah. both of them. Oh, oh, so emotional. Yeah. No. Wow. <laughs> so that's why I felt nothing. I and I I remember reading about how and even people from work uh, told me that um, 
that yeah it was so sad and then by the end of it you're like felt uh, left with this uh you know feeling of emptiness in your stomach and i was watching it was just like i don't care about fucking falcon he's been on screen for like two minutes or spider-man who was in it for five minutes you know I, I was supposed to care for characters that were not even in the movie or barely were in the movie so that's why i felt nothing when they died especially because you knew that they were coming back anyway they're not gonna they just made one spider-man movie and they're gonna kill the character it makes no sense yeah, same with Black Panther, one of the top grossing films of the year. He's dead too. Not yeah. gonna bring him back. So I, I really don't think so. And I guess that's what happens when when you sign these people for you know eight movie deals, and you already know that you know not, no harm is gonna happen to them for at least eight movies. I think the the whole idea behind that is just it's gonna be the old switcheroo. Everyone who survived, coincidentally enough, their contracts are up after this next movie. Hmm. <laughs> Could it be that? They're all gonna die, and everyone who died is gonna come back. I don't know. I, 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 I guess we'll have to see to find out. That, that, but that's the thing. I don't understand the mindset of people that are still excited about this. Like I'm just, I again, fine. the I the primary care. consumer is twelve year old boys. It has to be twelve year old boys in order for them to be successful. What's crazy to me is that you have people in their twenties and thirties that are over the moon about this kind of thing and acting like it's not entirely predictable. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I, I, I think the, the, the core root problem is just, we've been infantilized into adulthood and mm-hmm. people love this kind of shit because it makes them feel like a kid. Right. But I, I guess I would understand if you were into them at the beginning, cause we had nothing like that. Mm-hmm. But now since it's been the same movie over and over again, and there's no, no real stakes for the characters. No, no interesting villains that are killed in like a boring uh, fighting scene when there's ten minutes left for the movie. You know, there's nothing excited about them or different about them uh, besides you know Guardians who kind of changed the thing for bringing a little bit more humor. And then what Thor? I guess like that's those are the only two that, or, or I guess um, what's the uh, Winter Soldier, who was like a different tone for them. But the rest of them is just watching an extended episode of a series. So that's what it feels like to me, at least. I think instead of playing uh, Marvel movies in theaters now, they should just, they should run reels of straw dogs for the audience. I don't know what that is. Oh, wow. <laughs> the joke is lost on me. All right. Okay, well, why don't, what, I, I want to talk about one other thing, too, before we get into Venom, and that is James Gunn who was fired by Disney for his pedophilic humor. He's a real master of the pedophilic humor that James Gunn has been employed to write and possibly direct Suicide Squad 2, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the first one was such a mess. <clears throat> I, I can't think of anyone that... Well, it's not that I can't think of anyone, but I, he's like the perfect person to uh, help fix that boat. I guess that was a terrible analogy, but you know what I mean? Like, because he's yeah. done it before with this band of unknown characters. Uh, he That's what they were going humor. for. All the, all the trailers had that guardians of the galaxy vibe where they were relying on pop music. And it was like, that is what they wanted to be so desperately. It was like, Oh, we're the bad guys. We're the bad guys. <laughs> like after guardians whole campaign was, Oh, they're a holes or whatever. Mm-hmm, that That's mm-hmm. exactly what they wanted to capture. Um, whether and or not watch the movie and, Mm, mm. No. <laughs> what happened yeah that's that's that must be one of the like the biggest difference of marketing to what the movie was actually about or was actually like uh when it comes to superhero movies because they pretty much play it as as it is 
But this one, when you went in, you were expecting something that was completely different to what you actually got. <clears throat> or at least that's how I saw it when I, when I watched that piece of shit. <laughs> Let me ask you something. With James Gunn being the writer, do you think this movie stands a shot of being good if he doesn't direct? Ooh. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I'd have to go uh, look at the list of films that he hasn't directed. Scooby-Doo. He directed those, though. No, he didn't direct Scooby-Doo. That was some other guy. He also wrote Dawn of the Dead, Zack Snyder's cut. Right. Well, those are two completely different. <laughs> we can't really compare both of them. I don't know. I guess it depends on who's directing it because it has everything to do with the performance of how they deliver the lines. And uh, Will Smith was boring in that movie. Uh, the the guy from uh, what's his name the Swedish guy from uh, the Killing Joel Kinnaman yeah that was supposed he's, to be he's Tom usually Hardy really he's usually really good he was terrible in this so it depends on on how they deliver the line so I guess I would have to see who's directing it also mm. not just you know his writing do you think that uh, Margot Robbie and even Will Smith will be back for Suicide Squad too uh. I think they're they're uh, too big a names to not be back, and if they are not be back, it's definitely going to bring down the level of excitement as little as it might be for the movie because a lot of people went to see it because of that, just because it's a Will Smith movie or well or Harley, right? Th- there were early reports from like last year about how they had I think Killer Frost primed to take that Harley Quinn spot as like the you know, kooky female lead or whatever. Jared Leto is definitely not going to be in the movie. Uh, James Gunn fucking hates his guts. <laughs> well, that Joker is not going to be missed anyway. So that's I'm okay. I'm okay the, that. It's very clear now that they knew in post production Leto's Joker was just not working. But then why did they market it as the face of the movie though? He wasn't everything. It's just, it's the, it's the Joker. You have to bring out the Joker. It's always going to have like a big splash, big impact. And the way that they handled it was probably the best route possible. If you watch the extended director's, not even really a director's cut, just the extended cut of Suicide Squad that features more of Leto's Joker, it is painful. It is so <laughs> fucking cringy. He's the worst Joker that they could have hired. It's, it's really bad. I, I don't know. I would love it if they just brought in Joaquin Phoenix. Anyway, if he just strolled in and is... Just kills him with like a, a barber's knife. And the, the film changes also. It looks different when he's in, on, on frame. There's something creative about that. would be pretty cool. Mm. <laughs> Not a uh, gangster uh, juggalo. Cuckle Joker. Joker who wants Common to bang his girl and then gets insulted when he doesn't want to and kills him for it. Yeah. What, who, who fucking wrote that in the script? Gee, that was like... That's like... <laughs> When people talk about, you know, Stephen King was probably indulging himself sexually when he wrote the gangbang scene. I think that was, I think that was uh, David Ayer doing that in that yeah. scene. Like, yeah, because the Joker was never a sexual character, or like, there, or that I can remember at least have no. sexual connotations. He was always he was just controlling her because he's fucked in the head, but not because he wanted to fuck her or see her fuck anyone. So making him a cock is kind of odd, an odd choice. Well, you don't say. Making the Joker a cuckold is an odd choice. It might be an understatement. I don't know. (laughs) There's some odd choices about this Venom movie, too. It's a segue there. So, uh, Ruben Fleischer, who did Zombieland, who did Gangster Squad, the the Ryan Gosling... uh, I I refrain from calling it a hit, because it certainly was not a hit. It, It was a 
put put a damper on everybody's careers after that, especially Sean Penn. Haven't seen him since. No, I think he's just uh, hiding from El Chapo, who still wants to kill him from fucking that woman that he liked. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dumbass. So we got Venom, and Venom has a really good cast. You have Tom Hardy, you have Riz Ahmed, uh, what's her name? Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams. Who is uh, maybe not used to best capacity here. I, I don't know. And uh, Jenny Slate, who you said you have a thing for on the last show. That's yeah, very very Slate. bizarre. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I'm sure yeah, just... that Jenny Slate loves uh, knowing there's this older Costa Rican man that's fawning over her on podcasts. No, no, she's, know. she's older than me. I've researched that already. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> the Jewish, Jewish princess. So, so this Venom movie. What were your expectations when you went into it? Because I'll tell you what I saw. Wait, there's also there's also that black guy that's in that movie that it's in another movie. Uh, in, I don't know his name. But James just... Earl Jones, I believe. No, 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 no. The skinny one, the one that looks like like uh, uh, Morgan Freeman with AIDS. You know, his <laughs> boss from the newspaper, or the reporter boss guy. That guy's not notable. I don't know who he is. Really? I've seen him in other things. I guess I watch more black cinema than you, huh? Ha, ah, I don't even know if he's in black movies or not. But anyway, sorry for cutting you off. Go on. I just wanted to know, what were you expecting when you walked into Venom? Because me personally, I saw the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, but I've also learned to not trust Rotten Tomatoes so much, especially in recent years. So I wasn't particularly phased by it. I, as a matter of fact, I think you're, you're, you're usually going to find a very interesting movie uh, if the tomato meter has it between 50% to 70%. Or a little higher right. than that. Yeah, I uh, I was expecting a mess, uh, kind of uh, like Spider-Man Three, because I, I I mean we were going to do an episode of that, so I yes. watched it. But and then uh, I enjoyed it more than I remember enjoying it when I saw it in the theater, and it was just the second time that I that I saw it. So I was expecting something like that, something that's so bad that you en- end up enjoying it just because of how ridiculous and how how much of uh, how much is making fun of the of the whole uh, genre, I guess. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of what I got. Uh, the movie's not a good movie, and a lot of it feels really rushed. Uh, but it was at least enjoyable, and and the interaction between the two characters was the best part. And and it just you can just really tell that Tom Hardy had a lot of fun with that accent and just making the movie. So that I don't know that made me enjoy it. Uh, more than I thought it would. I'll tell you what, it, it it falls into a weird territory for me where the jokes in the movie, the written jokes anyway, are not really funny. The writing is really bad. But yeah. in spite of that, it, it still winds up being a funny movie and a fun movie to watch, which is extremely... I can't think of any other movie where it was like, oh, well, these jokes that they're writing for it aren't funny, but somehow I'm still laughing at parts of the... Like, with the movie... And not at yeah, the movie yeah, necessarily. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it, it's yeah. There's no, there's no memorable lines. There's no line that you're gonna remember because it made you laugh a lot. But for whatever reason, like I just felt or realized that I had this stupid smile on my face for most of the movie, and I like I laughed out loud at a couple of moments where, where you were supposed to laugh at, not you know, uh, intention unintentional. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that was a bigger surprise. I just thought I was going to, uh, like it because of how bad it was, but I ended up enjoying it. And uh, the general public seems to agree because there's a huge disparity between the critic consensus and how much money this movie has made and just like the the fan reaction to it. Because I've seen nothing but really positivity from people on Twitter and Facebook who have went to go see the movie uh, as opposed to the critics who 
they're grading it on, you know, purely, I guess, a, a, a technical. Cinema. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It does feel like this movie went into production after just a first draft. Like a, mm. a lot of the jokes are, you know, I, here, here's what I'll say for Marvel Studios. If I have to give them one compliment, the jokes in those movies are well-written jokes. They're technically good jokes. Yeah. In this one, it feels like uh, a, a really lame, boring screenwriter was writing jokes and had no experience writing jokes before that. But Tom Hardy still manages to pull these things off just because he's Tom Hardy and he's a very charismatic guy. Yeah. It kind of felt like a 90s, you know, cowabunga. 100%. 100%. The the entire movie as a whole felt like it came out of like 1994 or 5. Yeah. It it made me feel like watching, you know, the Ninja Turtles movies for the first time. Yeah. We're just like, this is fucking ridiculous. I should should not be enjoying this, but I I love it. Yeah. The 90s was full of plenty of bad superhero comic book movies that were very watchful and probably are watchful to this day. Like the worst of the bunch is probably something like... The Shadow with Alec Baldwin. I, 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 Spawn was really bad, but that's still Howard kind of watchable. Duck. That's 80s. That's early 80s. Oh, what about Tank Girl? That's 90s. Yeah, that's it's so 90s. But I think you, uh, you hit the nail on the head by comparing it to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That is like the perfect comparison where it's like, this is a bad movie, but it's also a fun and enjoyable movie to watch. And you can enjoy it without laughing at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how it took me back to being a, a kid and enjoying those movies, just mindlessly not expecting a bigger arc or a bigger story to come out of it, not expecting it to set up anything. Just this is contained and this is what it is. If they do a sequel, like it doesn't really need it because I mean the post credit scene, fine, and and I guess everyone wants to see that villain. But if the, it ended here, like it would work perfectly as just a one that villain, one off that villain. You mean Little Orphan Annie? Is that who you're referring to? <laughs> That yeah, wig on um, Woody. <laughs> I saw that wig and I was like, "Oh no, oh no!" It looks like it looks like Rorschach from from the comic book. Yes, without a mask. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good call. Uh, let, let's just why, why don't we just talk about that end sequence before we even dive into the the movie like thoroughly? Because there's so much to unpack with that. Because I Carnage spoilers. Uh, there's a big, big hint that the next movie is going to have Carnage in it. Carnage was the villain I was always most looking forward to seeing during that Sam Raimi Spider-Man. And even during the amazing, Sp- those movies are so bad, yeah. so boring. But I always felt like, okay, we're on track probably to see some symbiotes, right? Because they took on the whole Oscorp ultimate Spider-Man storyline where Venom is kind of conjured up in a lab. And I was like, all right, th- well, this is going to lead to a transition to that. Never came, obviously. And as a matter of fact, yeah. I don't know if you looked up the synopsis for what was going to be the Amazing Spider-Man Three, where they resurrect Dennis Leary's character, and he's like the bad guy. No, he works with Spider-Man. He's he's like Spider-Man's sidekick for that movie, Dennis Leary, <laughs> who dies in the first movie. That was going to be the third one. They were. They wanted to bring out bring back that character. That why that character? Because it, here's what was going to happen. Uh, they were going to start bringing in like the Ben Riley Spider-Man, the clones, and they, they were going to bring back Dennis Leary's dead Captain Stacy character, and he was going to team up with Spider-Man and do something. 
I guess I I have no clue what how is that what from they that. were going to do with the Sinister Six? Was that all related? That was going to be its own. Remember, that was the original Suicide Squad before anybody had the oh. ideas to do Venom or Suicide Squad. Was like, guess what's coming out? Sinister Six, and people were hyped about it. True, true, yeah. And then that never happened. And then they put like that uh, short shot on that massive movie where they showed uh, the weapons from the villains, right? Like, that was the biggest hint that it was coming. Are you talking about Amazing Spider-Man 2? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're going through Green Goblins, or now his son's oh, house. Oh, yeah. You, you, can see, you can see, like, uh, Dr. Octopus's uh-huh. tentacles. And tentacles. It had a very weird end scene where it was, like, the fixer. Or, or what? who's that character's name? Michael Massey plays him in the end credits scene. And he's only apparently featured in, like, a novel from the early 90s. One... <laughs> It's so it's as obscure as you can get for a Spider-Man villain, and he was supposed to be like the big ooh surprise. It's like when they used uh, I can't even remember his fucking name for Justice League. Uh, the bad what guy. What was his name? Steppenwolf. Yeah, what was his name? Yeah, that was uh, the worst yeah, choice. Steppenwolf is Steppenwolf is going to be your villain. It's just like wh- wh- who? You might as Why? well have had the Penguin as the bad guy. I mean, there would have been more excitement about that. Who's who's this PlayStation One graphic that's popping up on screen every so often? Sickening. It was just um, I'm evil. Why? Because I'm evil. Great. That's great. Thank thank you for the death of the character. I really care about you know them defeating him now. And they couldn't hire a guy to just wear armor for it, like. And and if you look at the design from Justice League, it looks nothing like the Steppenwolf that was in Batman vs Superman, right? Well, isn't the the actor that they they chose like an old guy? So that's why. Then don't choose an old they, guy. Go get fucking yeah. uh, uh 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 I don't know Michael Sarah, you know <laughs> anybody? Adam Adam what's his name? Uh, Adam Baldwin from Full Metal yeah. Jacket. He, he needs work. yeah from uh from uh Biodome. That's Stephen Baldwin. Oh, sure. <laughs> Whatever. Both of them. Both of them. Let's do the evil... No, the... Uh, what is it? The Justice League, the Twins? Do you remember them? Girl and Twins guy. That's Super Friends. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It's the same world. They could have Just done that. That would have been a very uh, James Gunn, Scooby-Doo-esque turn where he brings in Scrappy-Doo as the secret bad guy. It wasn't Mr. Bean. It was Scrappy-Doo in a robot yeah. suit. They could have done and that. And they, they bring their monkey. Do you remember the monkey that they had? Yeah. Who would wear this purple cape. What was his that name? Was cool. Chim Chim? I don't know. No, that was Speed Racer. Um, I don't know. Who gives a shit? Uh, yeah, let's talk about... What, what were we on before? Okay, so Sinister Six, right? No, no, no. We were on uh, you saying that Carnage was a character you wanted yes, to see yeah, on yeah. the Raimi ones. Yeah. Boy, howdy, did we go off track. Obviously, Topher Grace was not the ideal Eddie Brock, but he did have something in common. That Eddie Brock, uh, I, I suppose, is a little more comic accurate in some ways than Tom Hardy, just because it has one central component to that character that Tom Hardy lacked in this movie, even though he had everything else and he had the look down. And that was that Eddie Brock was a fucking dickhead. Eddie Brock mm-hmm. was supposed to be kind of an asshole. And the whole idea of the symbiote was it, it picks up on the little aspect of you and it brings out the worst in you, which is why we have yeah. Peter Parker dancing and beating up women and you know <laughs> all that in Spider-Man 3. You don't see any of that here. Hard. He doesn't change at all. No. When the symbiote gets him. Like, he's still same. He's still very nice. Uh, that's one of the things that um, that it's kind of a disappointment that they uh, pretty much sold him as an anti-hero. Like, he's going to be this, you know. I thought he was going to be evil, just like on the on the comics, or like 
somehow made him a, a likable villain, but he's just a nice guy in this one. You know, he's and saving Asian ladies and like he cares about crackheads. And he was a real protector of the Chinese. <laughs> yeah. In this movie, you know, you see that he is the cancer in his relationship by by deceiving Michelle Williams' character. But uh, he's never at any point unsympathetic or unlikable. He's just like, it's like they re replaced all of the malice in that character with dopiness. Yeah. He's just kind of a, a bit of a putz. It's a, a old child, pretty much. Yeah. Which yeah. I guess is the target audience for the movie. So maybe that's why they did him like that. But um, yeah, because even when he fucked over his girlfriend, it was for a good reason. You yeah, know, he was not being an asshole. He was just, you know, he discovered some things are wrong and then he brought it up. So even in that part, like they make him too likable, I think. Like there's nothing that the character did wrong or he wasn't even mean to anyone. Uh, maybe that's, yeah, that's a, the part that they should have brought up a little bit more uh, because that's, you know, the history of the character pretty much. And it does clash with the uh, the tagline the movie like you said you thought he was going to be a villain and the tagline of the movie is like there's enough superheroes but he was a superhero in the movie so I, I you know and as for the upcoming Venom film to get back on Carnage for a moment I mean that's just going to be that that's going to be amplified if anything I can't imagine it makes me a little concerned not to get too ahead of ourselves but you can't really do a Carnage storyline proper Unless it's rated R. Yeah. Yeah. He's a serial yeah. killer. He's a mass murderer. And I, you know, you can, you know, you, every single Batman movie with the Joker in it has been PG-13 and he's menacing enough or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's just going to be a little bit more limiting. Like there's other aspects to the Joker's character than just killing people in messed up ways where, you know, with Carnage, not so much. He's, he's really the closest thing to a Marvel equivalent to the Joker. Hmm. Okay. I don't. Yeah, I don't see how, especially if they're unable to show any violence or blood or any type of violence. Because and Venom that's did that's eat. another flaw with this Venom movie was he was eating guys left and right, pulling their heads off, off and swallowing them. And you know, you don't see any blood. As a matter of fact, at the end, he does that to a guy, and the body's just gone. It's just not in the yeah. scene. It's implied he ate yeah. him whole. I guess very clean. So yeah. I, I, I don't know. But honestly, that didn't trip me up too much. Uh, I thought that this movie did perfectly encapsulate that 90s superhero cinema that you're talking about here. And that was entirely refreshing for me, for somebody who has been overdosed on Marvel and DC cinematic universes, even if they do have intentions of expanding it beyond this, because I know that they're now greenlighting that Jared Leto Morbius film and Black and Silver is back in production they really want to. That's, that's Black Cat and Silver Sable. I don't know what the hell her name is. <laughs> Why? Why? Why these characters? You see that they've been canceling the. Well, they canceled Iron Fist, uh, Marvel, because mm -hmm. that was a mess. Uh, so I'm kind of wondering if they're just going to kill those characters and they just start new ones because they have that cloak and dagger one coming out, right? It's already so, out. That was on Freeform. Oh. So. Well. Shows how much of an impact it made, I guess. Yeah, that was that was almost a year ago now, I believe. You're very behind on this. News. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> See, but that's that's the thing. I'm just turning off uh, superheroes in general, unless it's something that I know is going to be bad, like this one. 
Like uh, after watching Infinity War, I'm just like, I, uh, I can take a break from this. Anytime, at home. anytime they fuck up a hero, uh, they should just put it back out in the ethos for people to bid on. Because what I mean, what are they really going to bring back Iron Fist in ten years and do it in a different way? They might, but I don't think that character has any kind of popularity that would that would be able to be sustained from that. Yeah, I like the character, and I uh, I think they fucked it up too. They they tried to make it too safe and ended up being just boring. Um, and uh, it's weird because you know you you see Daredevil, which was a character that I've never really been interested in, and then after seeing that series, I was really interested in to you know seeing his story and like what where it actually comes from and more of the the story that he has with comic books. But Iron Fist was just bo- too safe and boring and just nothing happened really like i didn't even finish the series so i just yeah i'll tell you what I don't know. daredevil had the exact opposite result for me i love the ben affleck jennifer really? garner daredevil and i am not no, i really do didn't. i have two copies of the no, movie you i got it on videotape <laughs> okay. i got one dvd and i got the director's cut dvd with coolio so that movie was good i don't i, I don't like people who who try to like you know, raise their nose at, at the 2003 Daredevil. There's the first movie I saw in theaters more than once. So, wow. yeah. With Electra and with a black kingpin? Yeah. He, I, Michael Clark Duncan was good. Colin Farrell was great. They're bringing a uh, bullseye into season three of Daredevil, but I couldn't care less about that. It's so boring. That show's awful. Do you really not like that series? That's that's the only one that I've actually liked from from the Marvel ones that Netflix put out. I like aspects of it, but I don't like it as a whole. I'm not, I haven't, you know, I, I watched season one and I enjoyed it enough, but the black suit where he looks like mm-hmm. the Daredevil guest appearance from that episode of the Incredible Hulk in the 80s. I hated that. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> And then season two kind of lost me. I thought it was a little more consistently entertaining, and John Bernthal was maybe the best part of that. I haven't checked out his mm-hmm. Punisher show yet, so I don't know. Yeah, I haven't either. But from the ones I've seen, and I, I used to go to a friend's house, that, and they would always be watching um, either uh, um, Luke Cage or Jessica Jones or The Defenders, and it was just uh, the three of them were just not. No, I'm out on all that. Not anything that I would be. I into I, at all. I I did enjoy Jessica Jones. I thought that was a pretty good show i didn't check out anything of luke cage or iron fist though or the defenders none of that interests me and i would like to see those characters at least daredevil have a shot at having a movie that is outside the marvel cinematic universe Mm -hmm. because i think the idea that i i forget which director it was but he was pitching like basically what they're doing with joaquin phoenix's joker movie as a daredevil movie where it's like right. mean streets, basically, but you have this character and it's the 70s and it's awesome. And then Marvel swooped in and took it and they're like, yeah, there's going to be 70s aspects to the show. No, never once. They always say that shit. <laughs> it's in New York. That was there in the 70s. Yeah. That's enough. I don't know. I, I enjoy, but It would be cool to, to see that, though, because most of the, the comics are like that, just gritty, you know, blind Daredevil. In, in dirty ass New York. Did you see? Hold on. Did you see the Inhumans? No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I remember they were they were premiering that shit in IMAX. Yes, like the premiere yeah. episode. It's, no. no, my girlfriend's best friend worked on that show, and uh, I re- I remember hearing reports before it went out to the IMAX theaters that people were not really enthused about it that they weren't having high expectations for it it did have a very weird premiere where it was like you can go see 
two hours of this show in theaters in IMAX mm-hmm. before the premiere. Like they were, tra- it, it, it felt to me like they didn't really have a whole lot of faith in the series just to go solo with it. That they were like trying to make it into something bigger than it actually was. And then the first trailer leaked, and it was like, what animorphs? Is that the whole gimmick? It's like, oh, he's a dog man. He can transform into right, a cheetah. Right, yeah. Well, they canceled it already, I think. Yeah, that's gone. That's long gone. And humans had maybe two or three episodes before they pulled the plug on it. Mm-hmm. And I think some and other the- some other uh, Marvel show got canceled recently on ABC. Um, Not Agents Marvel of Shield, but what's her name? Peggy West. <laughs> Peggy. Becky. No, Peggy. Peggy something. Well, that one was canceled. A couple of years ago, like it only lasted two seasons. I think. I don't Peggy know. Sue, oh, yeah. Peggy, the secretary—that's an agent somehow. Yeah, and then Captain America goes and sees her in the Avengers, and it's not an actual old lady; it's just her in old age makeup. Even though the last movie had an old lady playing her, these movies are terrible. <laughs> Jesus, Venom though, Venom is really top of the line if you think about it. Riz Ahmed yeah. trying to. You know, connect Bible verses and all kinds of philosophy to every sentence he speaks. I didn't really find him threatening at all, though. Just like, look at this little Indian man. I guess Aziz Ansari has ruined Indian men for me when they are like that, like slight and little. Because I just think of him every time I see a character like that. It's just, I can't take you seriously. It's accurate to who you would see in Silicon Valley running one of these companies, though. Like, he would not be this big menacing guy. And I, I see this character getting a lot of Elon Musk comparisons, but I, mm-hmm. I don't think uh, I don't think Riz Ahmed is crushing twenty-two-year-old puss. No. How do you? Ugh, that one, not that one. How do you feel about uh, Tom Hardy's accent? I don't know what he was going for with that voice. It sounded like I'm from New York, but I've lived in California long enough to not have a New York accent. I right, right. It, it was fine. He sounded a little retarded, but. Uh, it's Tom Hardy. Like, you're going to get... You just couldn't tell. I guess you just couldn't tell where he was from because he was all over the place, but it didn't feel weird to me. Like, it felt like it kind of fit that character because he's kind of a mess. Yeah. But but then I, I remember that he was British, so that was kind of weird, too. You know, his voice in Venom is kind of similar to his voice in this movie, The Drop, which I think also had James Gandolfini in it, where he was like a dog trainer and he was uh, working at a bar. Did you ever see that movie? It was kind of low-key. No. Was that the last one that kind of feel did it? It might have been. I, I I might not even be right if if he's in the movie or not. I feel like it came out in okay. 2015 or something. It was really not a memorable movie in any regard, but it linked to Tom Hardy bringing dogs on the red carpet of some movie. So, oh, James Gandolfini was in it. God, okay. I miss James Gandolfini. He would have been a great kingpin. Oh, can you imagine? Yeah. Well, I, I like, uh, what's his name? Fat guy. What's his name? D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio. No, he's too... He's great. He's too tubby and dopey for me. I don't I don't believe him <laughs> as the kingpin. You know? I mean, I, I like when he crushes heads with uh, his truck stores. That's pretty cool. It sounds like a watermelon ripping out. I, I guess um, so. I, I think John Goodman would have been a better kingpin personally. Because there's some malice to him. Uh, D'Onofrio's kingpin is like... He's breathing heavy. Like, can he... I, I don't know. I just wouldn't expect him to be able to do the things he does in that show. But isn't Joe Goodman all, uh, I used to be fat guy now, where he's all just hangy? Yeah. Like his skin is just all hangy now. I don't want to see an old ass kingpin like that, all weak and 
Deflated fat man. <laughs> deflated, deflated kingpin. Yeah, I mean, maybe John Goodman in like um, the Big Lebowski. That maybe a little that was fucking thirty years ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I could picture that. He wouldn't. He would not be a bad nineties kingpin. Would you take him over Michael Kirk Duncan? No, I think Michael Clark Duncan physically was probably the ideal where he looks fat, but he's also extremely muscular, right. like the character's supposed to be. But the character in the comics is very wide. Like, you would never really believe mm-hmm. that guy is fit. I think he crushes some guy with his ass in some issue. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a serious comic book that should be made. Poofy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just picturing them adapting that in season four of uh, Daredevil. <laughs> it's Vincent D'Onofrio sitting on a guy's head. <laughs> so he's suffocating. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in Venom, you get to see Venom tits. That was a little bit weird. Because she has not no titties at all, and then Lady Venom had like gigantic boobs. She's got an E cup, you know. She 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 gets boosted, and it really felt kind of shoehorned in to me. Like there's no she could have just driven to Tom Hardy, like uh, you know. But I think they were just trying to give her something to do in the movie because she's completely pointless for most of it. At the beginning, you know, they have this unnecessary dinner scene when nothing happens, when they just say pretty much, let's go home and fuck. And then they go and fuck, I guess, because we don't see it. Uh, and then, you know, when they wake up or when the camera goes back to them, they're both cl- clothed in bed. Yeah. Like none of them is even like they're both wearing shirts and whatnot. So uh, uh, and then they they break up, you know, five minutes later. So there's really nothing for her to do besides, you know, later when they bring up the the boyfriend aspect and that has more to do with the boyfriend being a doctor than her. So I, I feel like she was just not used properly for this movie. And when they tried to do that Venom thing, I guess maybe they're just trying to give her something to do. Something for people to root for, I guess. Make her likable somehow. What did you think of the end sequence and the villain? Uh, not Riz Ahmed, but Riot. Because Riot's kind of an obscure choice to go with. I don't think he was actually featured in any of the comic books. I think he was in a uh, Maximum Carnage sequel called uh separation anxiety all right 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 it felt like a marvel villain yeah yeah i I, i'll I'll tell you what a lot of people have been criticizing riot as being kind of bland and in line with that i would give him a little bit more credit than that i think it's you know if you were to compare riot against three quarters of the marvel studios villains i think riot's probably a little bit more interesting i would say that maybe they made a mistake getting a villain that looks so similar to Venom in yeah. color. I mean, he's like a silvery black offshoot, you know, and it's... And it's always at night, so you can't really tell the difference. Yeah. He's just bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He's got some abilities that Venom does not possess, but it's it, that to me is not enough to make Riot a distinguishable or interesting enough villain to go with on the first movie. But that what were them, though? Like he could make knives out of his... Symbiote, that's pretty much it, right? He made, like, Axis? He was like that, I... that black kid character from X-Men Evolution. Spike. Uh, you remember him? Or, like, the the villain from Terminator? They should do a movie about Spike where he faces Dracula, you know? He just throws spikes to his body. Was that it? He just had him on his back and just, like... Yeah, that was a terrible. That was a terrible joke. So I'm just trying to like move past. I, okay, <laughs> Dracula versus spikes. Yeah, let's rank up the interest for that. Let's let's ask Twitter. <laughs> see how many people want to see that movie. 
<laughs> and it's the the Dracula from that uh, dead universe, that the Universal Monsters universe. That's probably dead no. Now. That was that's technically not part of it. That was a, that was like a backdoor pilot. Dracula un, unleashed un, dead or yeah. Dracula de- dead and loving it. It was Leslie Nielsen and Dracula. <laughs> I would love that. I'd love that movie. Or the the Eddie Mar- Murphy one where he's also Dracula or a that was directed by Wes Craven. By I remember liking it. I don't know. It probably doesn't hold up very well. No. Nobody liked that movie except you. Really? Yeah. It got terrible I, I reviews. I watched it. Every time I was on, on HBO, dubbed in Spanish, I was watching that shit. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. <laughs> it was that and Biodome and just really retarded. I used to like uh, Back to the Future 3 better than the yeah. other two. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Jesus. I was a kid. I don't know better. As a kid, I watched all three of those Back to the Future movies, and Back to the Future 3 was by far the most boring. It suffered the same problems as Indiana Jones 3. It was like, oh, the West? Yeah. <laughs> Where's Biff? Uh, but uh, Riot, uh, would you say that it was a wise choice to go with kind of a C-list villain on the first go-around? Because that shows a sign of confidence on Sony's part, and they have no reason to be confident at all, given their track record, that they could whip out Woody Harrelson. And of all people, they've got a, a very good actor to play Carnage at the end. Yeah. If everything went wrong, that could have just been a giant waste. Yeah, but I don't think uh, you can have a very uh, deep or complicated villain or a very, you know, because he needs a lot of screen time for it to feel threatening. So I guess it did suffer from the same thing that most Marvel movies do, which is just there's not enough time for the villain to actually, you know, to actually see him do evil shit. Because for for this riot, we saw the the scene at the control room, and that's it, right? Do you think that Tim Burton did an efficient job of establishing Batman and the Joker in Batman '89? Yeah, yeah, because you gave the Joker something to do. You know, he goes to the the girls' hotel. He has the parade. Like you see him a lot. You actually, I think you see him more than what. Batman actually does, you know, in that movie. You do. Like, he's more on screen, so you're able to develop that character. Same with uh, with the Nolan one. You know, he was driving the movie, even though it was a Batman movie. And and when he was on screen, the movie was enjoyable. And then when he wasn't, it was kind of boring uh, because the character was, you know, so... At least that's how, that's how I feel about it. He, he was so out there that whenever you went back to Batman, it was just kind of like, uh, this guy sucks, you know? I get the comparison between the two, but I think the difference would be in Batman 89, you do actually get a lot of Jack Nicholson hamming it up on screen. In Mm -hmm. The Dark Knight, I think he's only in the movie for like 18 minutes out of the two-hour and 50-minute runtime. Yeah, It just feels like he's there a lot because he's able to absorb uh, so Mm -hmm. much of that movie and what little he's in. Um, But the point I was trying to make was I think that they could have effectively included carnage in this movie because carnage's origin and storyline maybe isn't that engrossing to the general story as something like eddie brock or venoms would be where you have this whole thing and they kind of reworked it a little bit where in the comics obviously he gets fired from his job and the thing that Mm -hmm. the black suit venom and uh eddie brock have in common is their disdain for spider-man i think they handled it in a pretty good way all things considering for this movie. Right. But you could have had Eddie Brock investigating Cletus Cassidy the entire time, and that's what his day job, that's what he's working on or something. And then maybe in the last uh, third of the movie, 
you have that symbiote also come in contact with Cletus Cassidy. And I think it could have worked well. Granted, the effect of that would have been not an entire movie of Carnage. You would have had Carnage on screen for only about 30 minutes of the movie. Hmm. All right, maybe I'm talking but, myself out of this idea that it could have worked well. Yeah, because I mean, you, I guess you could have brought him, but not as a main villain. Because I, I, I think if you do that on the first movie, you blow your load with the character that everyone wants to see. Yeah. Uh, so maybe have him, you know, mention in passing or at least be a part of the movie, not just the end sequence, because that kind of feels like it's out of nowhere. You know, he says, um, you know, I have this big interview or whatever. I'm I'm back to being a reporter and I have this big case and that's it. Like, that's the only mention in the movie. Uh, so maybe if they have, yeah, like you said, he, maybe he was investigating this guy or, or a little bit of more uh, involvement of that character in the story and just keep the movie the same, you know, it, take out the the um, sex, uh, the sex scene, take out the, well, the sex scene that didn't happen, but that whole sequence of them driving in the motorcycle and like, she has her own helmet and he has his own helmet, you know, mm. that, that all, that all that shit that didn't matter and focus more on him maybe being a reporter so that we give him something else to do instead of, you know, he got fired and we forget that he's a reporter completely, you know? Well, I think that element was present for like the first 30 or 40 minutes of the movie until he is fired. Um, but I, yeah, actually now that you've um, stated that outright and I've gone over it in my head a little bit. I think it would be a waste to bring in Woody Harrelson and only have him be carnage for a small portion of the movie. That is a character you do want to set up after everything's out of the way. Still, yeah. it was ballsy on Sony's part to, to wait and try to bring him out like the Joker in the Nolan Batman movies where you have Batman Begins and then you get the card at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that they're going to learn their lesson with Venom 2 where they had problems with this one? Do you think they're going to identify that or do you think they're going to do the kind of Transformers thing and just go, fuck it, we can get away with it anyway. People are going to eat this up. That's what I'm afraid of. Uh because I think that uh, after seeing how successful the already movies were, um, besides um, Infinity War, like, this might be one of, one of the most successful PG-13 ones. Huge overseas. It made, I think, $200 million the first week globally and $80 million in the U.S. Also, it doesn't have the, you know, the um, history of you know, watching a Thor movie right now that you know everything that's happened to this character for a bunch of movies. So it's more difficult to compare them with you know one of those movies there has not been any backstory this is the first one of the series if they end up doing mm -hmm. one um but that's what i'm afraid of that you're just going to continue and they're going to make the same movie again and have the same issues in the second one and have it just be shallow because i mean it, it works as a one-off uh, as i said before but i don't know if i want to see a series of just you know the same type of movie or the, or the, the same movies have the same issue because it just becomes the mcu all over i agree and uh, they don't have the writing talent to pull something like that off long term. They might get three movies out of it, but I think if they do repeat the same issues that were present in this one for what will be Venom vs. Carnage, I don't think that there is going to be a third movie. So they need mm. to figure something out, even if China loves it right now. That's not going to be something that they can keep going uh, long term. But if it makes enough, if it makes, it makes enough money, they're just going to keep making it. Look at no, nobody wants to see Suicide Squad, and they're still going to make it number one because it made enough money. I mean, number two because it made enough money. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I just, I mean, I enjoyed this one, but I'm, I'm a little bit afraid of what's coming next because of that same reason that I know they're not going to turn it into an R-rated movie all of a sudden to include more violence, which is what you should have when you have Carnage on screen. Sure. Um, so that's, uh, that's, I guess that's one of my worries and everyone else's, I guess, when it comes to, to a Carnage movie. Not to turn this podcast episode into a deconstruction, but I was just looking at the history of this movie and apparently... It was originally supposed to be tied into the Amazing Spider-Man franchise, which we talked a little bit about, and it was going to be called Venom Carnage. And the director that they had apparently in talks for a while was Adam Wingard, who, mm. in my opinion, is a completely overrated director. I know you like some of them, <laughs> but has fallen off uh, from his hot start. That's a weird guy, Adam Wingard. You ever take a look at his Tumblr account? Bunch of no, I just on well, yeah. Tumblr. He's still on I, Tumblr. I've, I've seen his uh, his <laughs> Tumblr account, and it's a lot of just like BDSM photos and shit like that. It's like, uh, and I remember he had like a uh, somebody had left a question on his profile. Like, uh, it's kind of weird to see a director posting all this sex all the time. And he's like, I don't know what's weird about that. <laughs> well, what do you expect from a horror movie director? He's just, he's just a, a normal guy that enjoys making movies. I about mean, people I've killing heard that David other. Lynch is a very wholesome fellow. He's not really, he's not a horror movie director, right. but you get the idea. So, yeah. Let, let me ask you this: since they're they're leading into characters gradually, do you think there will come a point? Let's assume that the next Venom movie makes its money back. It's a success. People like seeing Woody Harrelson as Carnage and Tom Hardy's luster as that character has not worn away is there a point where we see spider-man Ooh, uh i don't know the, the, I, I think the tones are too different from one to the other because even though spider-man wants to be a comedy it's it's got his you know it's jokes and it's lines but it's not a comedy and this one feels more like it would fit that type of tone so i don't know how those two would you know, mesh properly, especially if this one's like more violent. Let me let me let me rephrase that the then, first one. because I think there's a shot we could see Spider-Man, and it may not necessarily be Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Could hmm. be it could be okay. uh, maybe. I mean, what they're doing with that into the uni- uh, Spider Universe movie that's coming out or Spider Verse, excuse me, is. Fucking old man. They're setting up the idea. <laughs> the Nintendo's yeah. the Nintendo's movie. Yeah. The one is They want to set up Superman. the idea of multiple universes, kind of like what DC's doing now with the Joker movie and uh Birds of Prey and all these other properties that they have in production right now. Birds of Prey's in production? Another? Yeah. That goes into production that? in January. They got okay. Mary Elizabeth Winstead to play, I believe, Huntress in that movie. That cheating whore. Mm. I like you hear about her? She fucked. Yeah, I like her. She fucked that old no. man Ewan McGregor and ditched her husband, who's a kung fu master. I don't know if you know about this Riley Stearns. It's a very horrible story. They were childhood sweethearts, no. and then she she just decided she wanted some old Scottish dick. Abandoned her husband. <laughs> well, he's the most beautiful man in the world, according to Louis C.K. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay with her being kind of a whore. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Not gonna hate on that. Get yours, girl. Get that old. old I think dick. you know what I think would be great. I think it would be great if they just retconned this into the Sam Raimi Spider-Man universe. I say, forget it. Do do mm. the the Bring whole uh, Superman Returns thing. Just ignore part three and link this in because I think that would be a more seamless fit 
than with Amazing Spider-Man or, or yeah. anything going on with Marvel right now. Isn't he not pudgier at least? He looks like he would have a pudgy-ass face when older. And it's been, what, 10 years since those movies? 2002, 2004, 2007, yeah. It's been over two, 10 yeah. years since the last one. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> I, I, hey, look, I mean, there was there was some light chatter about possibly getting Michael Keaton to play old Bruce Wayne or, or do something. So I think if the interest is there, then they could absolutely do that. And there's, there is reverence for Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, and there isn't for Andrew Garfield. If they were going to bring back one, it would be him. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that more. I Andrew Garfield, I did it. He was too cool. Like he, Spider Man is right. not supposed to be a cool guy. You know, he's supposed to be kind of a mess, and uh, he's you know tall and good looking and and smooth. Smooth. And, yeah, I did it. Uh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, but, but I mean, if you compare it to Toby, Toby was just a fucking mess. Just a little short, nothing. Even when he was Spider Man, like his jokes were kind of lame. Like his his quips were yeah. very Sam Raimi. So he wasn't a cool character, even when, even when he was thinking he was cool, he was still late. Have you fuck, so. seen that uh, there are articles out there that are apparently saying that the Spider-Man for the animated film Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, the Peter Parker character is the same one from the Raimi films, because they cut. There's a trailer that's out, and they show sequences from that Spider-Man's history, and they're animated recreations from the original trilogy of movies there. No, didn't know that. That looks cool, though. I like that they're using like a different type of animation or a different style for each character, so it feels like they're from different universes. Yeah, and it looks good. It, it looks like a, a decent movie. They got Nicolas Cage involved. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what sold it for me. Spider-Ham? <laughs> Is he playing Spider-Ham? No, that's John Mulaney. Oh. He's playing Spider-Man Noir. That should be interesting. That comes out later this year. And... Uh, yeah, I think that could open up some some possibilities. But but uh there have been quite a few Spider-Man movie franchises. Did you know about this? There there are and I, I think this might be a record perhaps, you know, maybe tied with Fantastic 4 or something. So one, two, three, four, five, six different Spider-Man franchises. What so you got the Sam Raimi ones, you got the Amazing. Yeah. You've got the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you've now got the animated. Mm, true. But did you know that there was a a, a trilogy here of made-for-TV Spider-Man films back in the late 70s? We got mm. Spider-Man, The Dragon's Challenge, Spider-Man Strikes Back, and Spider-Man 1977. Then there was another one in 78 called Spider-Man, and it has a really cool Japanese poster. There's a pirate cat involved. I, are you sure those are not the Indian ones or the Turkish ones or the Italian? No, it's well, only one is Who's Japanese. Playing? Who's playing Spider-Man? Uh, that would be Shinji Todo. Oh right, okay, yeah. yeah. So, I think he uh, has a bike on that Japanese one. I hope he rides so. a bike for whatever reason. <laughs> this movie necessary, I guess. is only twenty-four minutes long. I don't, I don't no. know why this is on the list. That that should not count. It's but a there was sketch. a. There was a Spider-Man TV show back in the 70s, and they adapted some of the episodes into movies abroad over ah, in Europe. So they just they just glued them together into an, an hour and a half narrative. Okay. Yeah, that's what they would do. If you went to like the video store or something back in the early 90s, you would see like Miami Vice the movie or uh, 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 Dallas the movie, you know, and it would be the pilot episode 
and usually like a, a bonus episode that would be all stitched together. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> I get I get a, I get quite a few VHS tapes that are like that. Really? And, uh, but it's yes. just a uh, whatever this is the, the full length feature movie. Miami <laughs> Random um, Party of Five, the movie, or what was the Seventh Heaven, the movie? Yeah, it's like why are there three sets of credits in this? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, the last one I know that they did for sure was Smallville. They released Smallville as a movie direct to DVD in Canada. Really? Yeah. And what is it? It's... The first two episodes of the show. It's like 70 minutes long. <laughs> that fucking sucks. I love I would love buying that and then looking for it online and you can't find it anywhere. It's just a you know, bootleg movie that someone made. It, I, it's a proper release. It's just a proper release abroad. I remember I saw it at like... Uh, Newbury Comics or something and I wanted to get it and then I, I never got it and I always regretted it and then I bought it like three or four years ago on Amazon Canada and it was terrible it was one of the worst things I've watched well that series was not very good no. especially the, the early episodes absolutely not Appar- apparently they brought they brought in um, just some kind of Justice League for the last ones because they had uh, hopes of making an Aquaman uh, series do you ever see the pilot for Aquaman Yes, I did. That had, uh, well, you know what? His career was kind of put on pause for a while, but now that actor, I think his name is Justin something, he's on This Is Us, and he plays that really fat woman's uh, brother. Don't even know what that show is. Well, it's the biggest hit in the U.S. right now. That Aquaman... Really? I thought the... Wasn't Ving Rhames in that Aquaman pilot? I don't remember, to be honest. I saw it a long time ago. I saw it with... Uh, I remember downloading, like, a, a standard definition. Or no, no, what do you... What do you? Uh, what would they call, you know, when, when it's still a square on the screen? Like, it wasn't even widescreen? Or am I lying? I think it... I th- it wasn't letterboxed, is what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just a, what is it for by whatever? I think Ving Rhames was the guy that was in it. And it also had, like, Lou Diamond Phillips and other washed-up 90s actors. Nice. Yeah. He's, he still looks the same 30 years later. Yeah. Both of those guys, I mean, they need something to do, right? But, but yeah, that's funny that that's... I think that's the first time... Well, not the first time, because I, I believe that there's a couple of... Uh, um, of shows they did like real life with uh, with those characters. I remember there was one really bizarre one that was uh, something to do with the Justice League, but they had they were all in like the Batcave, and it was the seventies. But it was just like a two episode thing. It was like uh, the Legend of Superheroes special. Yeah, or something. something like Legion. No, something like that. N- yeah. Didn't they have a roast? Uh, Didn't like Dean Martin show up with a cocktail in his oh, hand? Oh yeah, something. Like- I think yeah, something really. Well, there was a a, a couple of um, comic book. Issues where they did like a roast of superheroes. I downloaded it on my computer. I remember. I just sent you the, Marvel, yeah. the Smallville movie DVD on eBay. It's, you can buy it okay. right now for four ninety three plus six dollars shipping and handling. And uh, it it really is something to behold. When I eventually get around to covering these Superman films, I mean, this is going to be. It's included. It's canon. You know. Do you still have it? Yeah, I got them all. Yeah. But Venom, Venom, is there anything left to be said about Venom, the Tom Hardy blockbuster? Uh, go see it. It's fun. That's it. I think it's funny that a lot of people are seeing it or went with expectations of it being a serious movie or something that was deeper than what we got. Um, but it was just fun. 
It's just you know an hour and a half, and and I've I've been I I saw it twice, uh, once with my brother and, and my girl, and another one with uh with my friends, and everyone enjoyed it in different ways, but like there was no one bored in the movie. I think the only thing that I heard people complaining about was the the fact that they showed uh, into the Spider Verse uh, instead of uh, something that was related to Venom, and not many people knew what that was, uh, because I think you have to be like into looking for that type of shit on the internet to to find out about it yeah that's that's pretty cheap i hate when they do that where it's like and i i think fox might have done this with either deadpool or one of the x-men movies where it's like stay after the credits for that extra scene and it was just a trailer to another one of their movies yeah awful decision to make yeah yeah yeah. because everyone was staying for it i already knew because my friend uh was looking uh, on his phone to see if it was worth saying um so i knew what we were going to see but that's what upset most people which really has nothing to do with the movie so i would say just go watch it and you probably end up liking it more than you know the fucking snobby ass reviewers that you know expected something deep i guess or something you know (laughs) some kind of complicated convoluted story i I think i think they wanted a tree of life out of out of this movie out of venom yeah i'll tell you what i hate when people tell you to turn your brain off during the movie i think that's really not the point of movies. Uh, but this is the perfect kind of movie you could sum up as just dumb fun. And, mm-hmm. and I hate that description as well, but I think it's very accurate here. And I was I was looking over my... Because I like to keep track of all the films I've watched in a particular year. So when I do a best of list, I can very easily access this in the order in which that they placed. And I I tend to rate movies based off of two things. Technically speaking, is this a good movie uh, in terms of how it's shot, how it's written, the performances? And also, and this is something that critics often forget, is it doing, is is it serving its function as a movie, which is to entertain, right? And you have to weigh these two things against one another, I, I think, when you critique any movie. And maybe it's just been a bad year for movies, I don't know. But Venom comes in, and I've seen about 30 films so far this year. 30 films from 2018. Venom comes in in 13th as the best, 13th best movie I've seen this year. What's number one? Ah, well, I can't really give that away, but it, it might be a, uh, it, it might be You Were Never Really Here, starring Joaquin Phoenix. But oh, okay. I'll tell you what, it, it's, I'm open for contention for what may be the best movie of the year between my top five, which I have... You were never really here. First Reformed, Mandy, Three Identical Strangers, and Hereditary. Those were the five okay. best I've seen this year. Easy. Is First Reformed the one with um, Ethan Hawke? Yes. That movie was okay. amazing and way better than Paul Schrader deserved it being. You know, <laughs> He's a yeah. fucking nut. But I'll, I'll talk about that movie on a different episode. I'll eventually get into that. <laughs> Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Wait, what, what, was, the, what was the fourth one? Three something? Three Identical Strangers, which is a documentary about three identical twins who were separated at birth because they were put into some adoption, some Jewish-run adoption agency. And this doctor who survived the Holocaust, I guess, did that thing where, you know, you get abused in your youth and then you emulate your abuser's behavior to satisfy that deep thing within you. Yeah. That monstrous urge. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing that gets you hard. Yeah. Yeah. So he does something kind of similar, but psychologically, where he wanted to see nature versus nurture. And he put these three identical twins into three different homes, a poor home, a middle class home, and a wealthy home. 
and spoiler alert, but it winds up very ex- like extremely grim for one of these kids, especially when they find out hmm. their life comes to an end. So the, it was all planned by this old Jewish yes, guy. Yes, yes, it's all very like evil. Dude. It, I, That's pretty cool. I watched that. I was trapped on the runway, heading down to Miami, and I had four hours to kill basically. And that was one of the movies they offered up on the flight, and it was excellent. It was a it sounds interesting. Top notch yeah. movie. I can't recommend it enough. I haven't seen the first the, the Joaquin Phoenix one. What was that about? <laughs> I'm just stretching the episode for no reason. <laughs> uh, Hans, where can people find you on the internet? You have your Instagram back up and running. You didn't get your original Instagram back because it was hacked nope. by by Russian. devious Russians. Why did they want you? What did you do? Who did they you make? They haven't posted angry? anything. They haven't posted anything either. I don't understand. I don't know. It's just if you look for that uh, username, that's all. Whatever Russian word it was. Uh, it's still my photos and it's like a thousand photos for like five years but I just could never get it back and it's not doing anything it's just sitting there it's very bizarre I, uh, I, I think you might have done something this was somebody's revenge going through your DMs or something I don't know it's all gibberish now you go to the name yeah. but it's still your face right it's still the same <laughs> old photo that I, like the last photo I posted is the one with a red light right yes yeah I don't know it's weird. It's very peculiar stuff. I, I don't like it one bit. I think it's very uh, seedy, if you ask me. Uh, you guys know where to find me. You just check out the description of this episode. If you want to help fund the show, I am going to have an episode coming up on Hold the Dark, which is Jeremy Saulnier's new film, which was written by Macon Blair. And I performed an interview mm-hmm. with Macon Blair over the phone a couple of years back to discuss Blue Ruin and how that got started. I'm going to be including that as kind of an extra feature and that should be up within the next couple of weeks so if you want to help out go over to patreon.com slash lowres and for a buck or five bucks or however much you want to donate i don't want to use the word donate but pledge to help this operation run smoothly you will get that and a couple of other things all kinds of behind the scenes content and uh any amount of money helps